So Eric is not at home. He's he's uh, remote today. We'll talk about that here in a second. And I have a very interesting article that has aged very poorly in race car engineering on this week's FR Racing's Garage Talk. I'm DJ Flook. I'm Eric Richardson. So Eric, where are you? I'm actually in technically Foley, Alabama, but more or less Gulf Shores. Foley, Alabama. Holy Alabama. I have to look this up now. We are seven miles off of the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, weather okay so far? Saw they had some uh, nasty tornadoes down there recently in, in Alabama. Yeah, we were actually good. We've gotten some rain down here. It's been cloudy, but, you know, still mid-70s for the most part. And um, not snowing or raining of what I would normally see in Michigan. That is true. So I, I can't complain too much. I went to Mobile. Uh, it's probably been about a little over ten years ago now. At a job interview with a company that was based out of there, that was uh, interesting. Flying into that airport, I um, I did. I literally woke up at like four a.m. Flew out of O'Hare to Houston, and I caught a connecting flight from Houston to Mobile. I did my job interview. I had lunch with them. I got on a plane to Atlanta. <laughs> And I'm going through the the tunnel system in the little tram in Atlanta, and I'm going up the uh, the escalators there, and I'm just like, man, that TV at that bar at the top of the escalator is really loud because I hear like Chris Carter screaming at the top of his lungs on NFL Live when he was hosting that. I'm just like, man, that is a loud TV. I get to the top of the escalator. No, it wasn't the TV. It was Chris Carter standing right there at the top of the escalator. And uh, he in person is very much like his persona on TV. I'm like, wow, that was not what I was expecting at all, getting to the top of that. But anyway, so busy, busy week in motorsports. We're working on recruiting for Wednesday Night Dash in our GT3 series. But I want to talk about... Um, Race car engineering. This is the January 2023. So the work was probably done on this in November. It was published in December. And there is an article in here by Stuart Mitchell talking with McLaren's technical director, James Key, about how the team has progressed throughout the first season of the new 2022 regulations. James Key is no longer the technical director at McLaren after um, Saudi Arabia. He has been relieved of, of his duties. McLaren is floundering badly. And after rereading this article again the other day, it's like you can kind of see the writing on the wall in here that it's like, we think we figured some things out, but we don't aren't quite sure. And there's some other quotes in here that have aged poorly since this article was published in January. Now, I don't have the points right in front of me, but I'm pretty sure Williams is ahead of McLaren. McLaren, McLaren has zero points. Like, they're at the bottom of the of the constructor table. Uh, I think Williams, what Williams has, I think, one. Yeah, so I, I think they might be crazy. the only one without any points right now. Um, so there's, like, a major quote in here. We made sure the car gave scope for us to develop its mechanical handling and aerodynamics without having to do resource-expensive work. Well, maybe maybe you should have. Um, James Key was quoted saying, it's a massive learning process because we have no reference points whatsoever coming into the season. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there was another in here that I thought was a really funny quote. Um 
2022 is just the beginning and we wanted to develop quickly without having to do a lot of extra work to get the aerodynamic surfaces you you wish onto the car again <laughs> yeah, yeah. might should have spent a little bit more time working on that <laughs> i think we're realistic about where we could be we have an opportunity to get to the front but we still got a few things below the standard you need to uh to be at to achieve that you a few things but that was that was quite that was quite a battle for 17th place <laughs> between their two drivers the other day. Uh, and then they even let the number two driver challenge and pass. <laughs> Sorry, Lando. Poor Lando Norris. Um, oh, man. They were okay last year and they just fell. The, the next page, though, after the article, into the, going into the next article is hilarious too for a different reason because they talked to uh fred vassur who's the team principal now at ferrari about his work at alfa romero and um this article i'm you know this was in the january magazine the magazine came out in december this article is probably done in november sometime after the final race of last season so literally he did the article and then maybe a couple weeks passed and he left so then they have to publish this article about all the stuff he's doing and what they're doing to get ready for next season. And then he bolts and up and Ferrari. <laughs> oh, man. That's the problem and with print, the, uh, I tell you. By, by the time it's printed, it's already out of date. I'm going to pull in a Chicago White Sox reference with one of their legendary announcers. He gone. He gone. You know, on the completely unrelated side note, uh, he Hawk Harrelson is back in the news. Um, a little baseball talk here. He's back in the news because I guess he's publishing a memoir, and um, he flat out said that his retirement was not by mutual consent. They told him to retire and was pushed <laughs> out by the White Sox. <laughs> and if you've ever heard him announce, a lot of the White Sox fans didn't really care for him. I mean, there were moments few moments where he's kind of funny at times, but and that shit got tiring. Hopefully the uh, the uh, race car engineering magazine curse of this edition doesn't continue because they talk about Garage 56 and their testing and you know, that's good, good, uh, good segue into the weekend of NASCAR. So well, let's uh, see, two of their three drivers uh, did not fare very well. No, I mean, Jimmy, that, you know, wrong that was on Rocky. time. Yeah, what, what are you <clears> going to do about that? Um, Jensen Button, though, man, he... Uh, he backslid real fast. He He said, like, he was struggling in that car, and he was overheating. And he had to stop and pit and and drink some water. And he's like, he seriously thought he was going to die in there. He was struggling so bad and uh, kind of got a second win. And he came out and had a, a pretty decent, at least a decent last chunk of the race. But um, he was like, he, he basically said driving one race in a NASCAR was like the full emotions of an entire F1 season, which... I'm sure the F1 community is going to love hearing that. <laughs> no, you know it. 
I mean, NASCAR does not get the respect it deserves on the, the global level because it's a bunch of hee-haw Americans just turning left four times and running each other into the wall. It's like so much more than that. And that's why you see these guys come in from Europe and you know, they have decent F1 careers, have decent open wheel indie careers and just struggle. I mean, you look at, you know, Sam Hornish Jr., great indie car driver, lousy lousy cup driver you know montoya his most his greatest achievement in nascar was destroying the air dryer at daytona um you got connor daly who just jumped in um this past week also danica patrick did a switch over and Um, sage karen actually is not even running xfinity this year no he's not i just realized that um but on the other side you do have Tony Stewart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the thing with Tony Stewart, though, is that guy was never an indie car driver. He was built as a, he was the rough and tough NASCAR driver in an indie car. And probably why he blew his engine half the time. <laughs> and that's that growing up on the dirt tracks of Indiana. Yeah, that guy had NASCAR pedigree. He was just not right for that sport. And and those cars were so lousy, too, when he, he got in there. Um. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, and you know, AJ Foyt, that's you know, AJ's again. And that's a totally different era of drivers too right. with AJ and Mario doing all they did. But yeah, I mean that's you know, you got another one in there. You got these these guys coming in and I'm I'm drawing a blank on on the name of uh the guy who filled in for Chase Elliott this week, the the IMSA specialist uh, jordan taylor yeah jordan taylor thank you i completely spaced his name he came in and just you know had a good qualifying run and it's just dropped like a rock uh once once it got out there i mean it's just just a totally different style of racing and it's tough i yep. mean it's like it's really tough and i think if people more people gave it a chance and really understood it, it should get more respect than it does but you know, I had this thought last week um, in between our episodes here. Do you think Williams, when he parked on the start-finish line in Atlanta, goes, you know what? It's Coda next week. <laughs> he, just didn't want to do he didn't want to do it. <laughs> hey, hey, I couldn't help it. It parked me. I couldn't drive. Josh Williams. <laughs> oh, shucks. I- I I, uh, I I only caught the last half of that when you said Williams. I'm like, what does Williams have to do with Atlanta? Oh, Joshua. <laughs> no, I I uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't think that was even no. in the first 100 thoughts in his head at that point. <laughs> I think he was just really upset at the situation and like, you know what? Fine, you want to park me? I'm out of here. <laughs> I guess it works after the fact, though. <laughs> I, I saw some of the interviews he gave. He's sitting in the in the holler and uh you know waiting for his little you know his disciplinary session and they're like, Would you like some pizza or something to drink? He's like, No. <laughs> Three hours later. <laughs> bring it up. So Oh man. That's I why was... I continue to love NASCAR. It's just you don't see those kind of antics anywhere else. So what about the, they're changing up road course rules. They didn't do the cautions at the stage breaks. They just keep on running. 
on a road course, should they look at limiting the number of green-white checkers? Yes. That was ridiculous. Three attempts. That was ridiculous. And that course is so long. And we're talking a three-plus-mile course. Yeah, I mean, that's a long course for them. I mean, I'm guessing it's probably the longest. Um, I would think so. Maybe Road America? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Well, that's not even on the schedule anymore, so... So, but yeah, uh, yeah it's just, I, I, on, on that note, I wanted to talk about this too, but yeah, you could hear Kurt Busch was getting really frustrated with all the restarts towards the end. And, uh, what'd you think of that booth this weekend? It was a little crowded. You know, I didn't get to see too much of the race. I just saw the first couple laps. Um, and then I was heading out, unfortunately, but four people in the booth. Um, with plus, 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 they had Chase Elliott popping in there. He was sitting at home right. and he was, you know, he's sitting in front of his computer, popping in, giving his commentary. And it, I, I was a little disappointed because, I mean, you had, you know, you had Mike Joy, you had Clint Boyer, you had Kurt Busch in there, you had Gunther Steiner from Haas, you know, the F1 team filling uh, in there. And there were times that I forgot. He, that Gunther was there. Like he just went quiet. And I don't think that was anything with him. I think it was just that booth was just too crowded that they, they almost like, you know, and the fact that he's not an experienced broadcaster, he didn't really like, it, it just didn't give off the vibe that he felt comfortable enough to just jump in and give his thoughts. They kind of had to like, Hey, what did you think about that? Or what, what, you know, and then he'd give his thoughts. And then some people are like, I couldn't understand him. His, he talks too fast. His accent's too thick. I'm like, eh. okay. Uh, it was fun hearing the drivers and stuff, but I do miss the days when you had just Bob Jenkins and Benny Parsons in the booth. And that was it. Ned Jarrett as well. When you can uh, just have those guys go back and forth. I, I, I really enjoyed Kurt Busch in the booth. Uh, he's a driver that in his early days, I could not stand him. I mean, he was just, I mean, you know, for lack of a better word, he was a punk and he was starting fights and he was getting upset at everybody and everybody bumped into him. He was getting upset at, and, and, you know, he, you know, he still had a few moments here and there as his career went on, but like, you know, this is a guy who, you know, matured as he got older yeah, and, I'm still not the biggest Kurt Busch fan, but, no. but <laughs> it's also like look at his brother. <laughs> I'll um, take him in the booth though. But he was he was very entertaining. Um, you know, the raw emotion at the end, like I don't know if you saw the clip or not when when Tyler Reddick is about to win in his you know his old ride. Yeah, and he was like a combination of of proud. Uh, almost in tears, you know, you could tell like he has that fire to be driving still and his body just won't let him. And you could see that that was kind of a breakdown of, you know, it's like, you know what, if well, I can't be in there, he goes, at least the car's in good hands, which was just a really cool thing to say. So um, it was yeah, just a really, really saw. cool moment. Kind of cool to see the driver swap. Um, both drivers have won so far with Kyle Busch and yeah, Kyle yeah. Yes, indeed. The question's coming in, will they click with their new team? 
Yes. Um, so far, so good. Bubba on the other Bubba hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Bubba, Bubba was pretty uh, pretty hard on himself after after Sunday. <laughs> He's like, I'm, you know, my sixth year and I'm making rookie mistakes. And, and you're just asking to be replaced, aren't you? Literally yeah. asking to be replaced. But Well, last week we had Kyle Busch talking about respect of drivers. This week, um, Ryan Priest calling out drivers oh man speaking you said kyle and it immediately reminded me kyle petty man went uh uh you know guns a blazing on on ryan blaney and it was it was uh he made i i forget the exact quote but it, he said something to the extent of like you know ryan blaney's this guy with all this potential but he just doesn't convert he just doesn't win and it's just like he's just another one of those guys and like ouch man that's that's ouch yeah, i didn't see that but yeah it was it was uh it was a pretty harsh quote by by kyle petty about blaney um it, it, it was just a rough weekend i mean i thought it was enter for you know for the most part outside of the ending it was a pretty entertaining race um you know, I've said this before that I hated road courses when I was a kid and, you know, I just wanted to see him go fast and, and, you know, really bump into each other and, and get those like, you know, those like Darlington battles and, you know, the, the big one at Daytona, but now it's just like, you know what? Coda's fun. Coda's a lot of fun. So what are your thoughts? <laughs> We've been talking NASCAR here and it's not a, we don't really have the rivalries from the nineties that we saw. <laughs> Demi Hamlin, Ross Chastain, they're getting something going, but then you get NASCAR like, yeah, you can't do that. Well, now you've got Ross Chastain and versus Daniel Suarez. <laughs> Ross Chastain is in everybody. He lives in everybody's mind, but now you got Daniel Suarez who just got fined $50,000 for. I, I understand. Passing the entire field. On the cool down lap. I, I understand why now. Um to get to Bowman. Yeah. And and he rammed Chastain out of the way to get to him. Hey, so my question for you on that. Where does NASCAR draw the line? Are they pushing too much to where they're just penalizing every little thing and not letting these rivalries yep. build? Th or is... what does the fan want to see to bring it back? To what it this wasn't. this particular instance, and I, after going back and seeing the footage again and hearing some of the people talk about it, the this was a hundred percent a safety issue. Yeah, yeah the cool down the, road with people. Yeah, so when he gave that Bowman I'm... his bump, there was a NASCAR safety official directing yep. traffic, like what five eight feet away from Bowman's car. And if he would have turned him and, you know, oh, got him spinning, that. he would have hit that guy and probably, yeah, so. I mean, potentially killed him or at least severe injury. And it's just like, you can't do that. Like if he would have no. popped him on track, eh, you know. That's what I would have rather seen. Something on track. When you're pit road. I think I'm sure, I'm sure he would. I think he just, he was lying. so like, you know, so upset that he's like, I'm going to get to him. I don't care. You know, and they said, what happens if he would have parked his car and he would have went over to Bowman's, you know, 
you know, went over to Bowman's holler and just started punching him. And it's like, yeah, okay. You know, he probably would have got a... You know, we do that in hockey and they get five minutes. So. Yeah, and, you know, he probably that, got a I mean, smaller fine for that. One race suspension even. Still, one of my favorite fights in our, we'll call it our era growing up. And wasn't it Clint Boyer with the infamous running across the parking lot, chasing down Jeff Gordon? Yep. That was like, <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. Because it's like, I love Jeff Gordon to death. I have so many of his die casts and memorabilia on my wall, but I don't see him as somebody who'd put up much of a fight with anyone. <laughs> don't, don't see it. I, I don't see Jimmy Johnson as a, much of a fighter in the same way. There's several drivers that like, you know, you put like Jimmy Spencer out there. Jimmy Spencer would probably just, beat the crap out of anyone. Jeff no, Gordon, not with Jimmy Spencer. Yeah, Jeff Gordon, not not so much. But well, Do you think NASCAR needs to let some of these rivalries kind of build? Yeah, as, as long as it's not impacting, as long as it's not impacting the safety of the drivers, the crews, the track officials, or the fans. I mean, if, if a you know, the driver's getting a little bit of a of a scuffle after the race next to the hauler. There's far worse things that could happen. It's great TV, one. And it gives you a lot to talk about. Like, okay, it's it's not racing, but it's like half of racing is the antics after. <laughs> like, I don't care who you are or what series you're in. You know, even in Formula One, I mean, when was the last time there was a fist fight after a Formula One race? And it's it's been a while. We're gonna see one this year. <laughs> I mean, two teammates, maybe. <laughs> I think NASCAR should let some of the stuff build up after a race. You IndyCar, the same the thing. Dust ups, you pull them into a holler and go, "Hey, we get it. Do not do this here, here, and here." And race hard. Yeah. You step across this line, here's where it's going to go. But if it's bump and bang as much as you want, as long as you don't cross that line, have at it. <laughs> I, I just, there's so many good clips over the years of, you know, after the race where, you know, drivers or crews are getting into it with each other. And, okay, we don't want anybody like severely injured, but just no, get a little. Little good old boy roughhousing. I mean that you know, again, I, I say about NASCAR and, and respect across, you know, across the world. And it's like, oh, look at these, you know, hee haws fist fighting each other after the race. Like, yeah. So sometimes you just need a little bit of that pushing and shoving from the pit crews and move on to the next week. Yeah. And, or you know, you look at it with, with Suarez and, and Chastain. I, I mean, I I get why Suarez is upset. It, it just, you know, they were Bowman and, and Chastain were battling and well, going into turn one. After I actually race. haven't seen it, but wasn't there even a fourth card? Yeah. Like a two of like a bump to a bump to a bump to yeah, a bump. Yeah, wasn't it a Truex? I think it was, was spun on it too. Maybe he spun at one point, but maybe it was another incident. I don't know. That's just... Turn one at Coda. <laughs> it's always, especially after a restart, it's always hold your breath. 
when you see all those cars piling in and they're trying to do four wide through that turn and it's like well and we've driven this track in our wednesday night dash in the truck series and that is not a easy turn no because you're going uphill like it's a pretty steep incline you know you're going uphill you're trying not to lose all your momentum and then you make that hard left like it's 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 a not an easy turn to make on any car for that matter i mean look at last year's u.s grand prix carlos signs ended up out of the race on lap one um you know one of his couple times that that happened was it three times i think we figured out uh, yeah they get three and then they get penalty or... no i'm saying signs was wrecked out of the race on the first lap i think in three races last year oh yes 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 yeah yeah and and that was minutes. that was one of them he uh, <laughs> uh if, if it wasn't that or his car was catching on fire it's just... i so, swear i don't understand here's another one for a little crossover to iRacing. yes There's a couple points on it about how one of the drivers got some practice in on it. But would you like to see iRacing set their track limits to match what the racers do? Coda's a big one and yes. like Watkins Glen turn one. Absolutely. I mean, if you're going to advertise this, this service as the premier, you know, the premier simulator that the pros are using, that they're training, like you have to do that. Well, yeah, Tyler Reddick credited iRacing and um, was Keegan Leahy, the former NASCAR mm-hmm. E-NASCAR champion on iRacing, for helping him out find some speed in using iRacing. And I mean, that result translated on the real track on Sunday. Yeah, started up front and won the race. I, you know, and there's, you know, Scott McLaughlin. Um, one Sebring, he flat out credited the practice he had in iRacing that helped him find some additional speed when he got out there. I mean, it's the cars are fake, but the racing is pretty real out there. And yeah, I think they absolutely need to be matching the track limits uh, um, with what they, you know, what the what they're actually using. Um, yeah. obviously like rescanning tracks and changes are happen too fast and they could take time and money. Like there's nothing you could do about that, but if it's just adjusting a track limit. That can't be that difficult. I mean, you, you, you get plenty of time, you know, notice of, of these changes the teams do. I'm sure they could do it if they wanted to. And so hopefully here soon or at some point down the road, we'll see, some of those adjustments made. There's not a ton of tracks. It's a couple of them that have the wider runoffs. Chicago can't really adjust track limits too much because that's a wall. Yeah, your track limit is the wall. (laughs) And that Toyota sign uh, running along Michigan Avenue that I probably, you know, scraped against about 200 times practicing for that event. I still think that... I think the race is going to be a lot of fun for television. I think the drivers will hate it. And I think logistically the fans will hate it. And I think logistically the people in Chicago will hate it. I'm Uh, thinking from what I was seeing, this could actually be a one and done type thing, even though they have a three-year contract. Back to Chicagoland Speedway. We're going out to Joliet. 
hey, you know, it's the, the Speedway saved for now. You know, they're doing a, a was it a motocross event there? I think something. Yeah, they're doing. They're, they've got something on the schedule. It's not not a you know full use of the track, but you know this you know as that track starts to to wear down, it, it seems you know same thing with Auto Club. You know people criticized Auto Club, and as that you know as that track started to wear down over time, got some pretty pretty fun races out of that. It's just like no, the track is just finally becoming good, and now you're gonna get rid of it. No, don't do that. Not even that old yet. No, Auto Club. I I still am upset about that. I just think that's really. It looks so forced what they're doing. They've taken a gimmick and they're trying to build off of it. Turn it into a permanent gimmick. No, 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 no. Well, it's, we'll see what NASCAR does this weekend at Richmond. Kind of getting uh, into the short track, so yeah, you got Richmond. You got. You got Richmond, Darlington, Martinsville all in the next few weeks, and then end of April we got Talladega coming up. Now, I'm yeah. really upset about that because I have to go to somebody's birthday party during that race, and I'm I don't care. I have like I don't care. I'm not going to. I'm going to go sit in the corner. I'm going to watch the race on my phone if I can't get it put on the TV. I'm going to sit in the corner, and I'm going to get lectured about ignoring my children and looking on my phone like I've been many times but i don't care it's talladega watching a wednesday night dash um race while waiting for my son to be born so uh birthday party can't be <laughs> you, you, well you're watching the live event as it was occurring <laughs> it wasn't a rerun it was this is live featuring 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 the epic post-race meltdown of a former series driver I still say we finished that race. I had no idea this had happened. And then somebody messaged me, Hey, did you hear the post race interview? And I said, No, I didn't. What happened? And like, go check it out. <laughs> like, no, no. When, when, when someone says that, like, Oh, did you hear that? No, go check it out. Like, Oh, great. Oh, boy. When you're, you're being like, cued in to go you know something that's your platform your name is on it you've spent all this time building it's like what in the world was said or done on my platform that i have built like if you destroy it i will find you and i don't care i will beat you off <laughs> I, I will find you at your fake i racing hauler and we will be we'll be scuffling and i probably will get knocked out but i'm gonna go down and find you Go to classic rock and sock and robots. <laughs> Best of three. Oh. Uh, so I, I have to ask as we're getting ready to to wrap this up here. Um Australia is this week, starts at 1 a.m. Eastern. You're gonna be heading back home leading up to that. Will you stay up and watch? Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm so watching. So are we making the official announcement that we're, we're going to do this? Oh, sure. Let's do it. Let's okay. have some fun. All right. So Saturday, so tomorrow, tune in at 1 a.m. Eastern time, live on this Twitch feed. And we're going to have, uh, we're going to be watching F1 TV. We're partnered with F1 TV. Check out my uh, my breakdown of, of 2023 F1 TV at FR Racing Online. 
youtube.com forward slash F1 TV. Uh, we're partnered with them this year. We're going to have the race on. Obviously, we cannot broadcast it on Twitch. We'd get in big trouble with that. I'm sure probably lose our promoter status for F1 TV, the process. Um, but we'll have the race on TV in our respective homes. We'll be watching it and we'll be uh, we'll be sitting here giving our commentary pretty late at night. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Come join us. Come hang out on the chat. Talk to us, and uh, you know we might have a we might have a guest stop by. We're still the the guest lives in the uh, Eastern Time Zone as well, and is still debating if they want to stay up until three a.m. Sunday morning. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's we're gonna call it FR Racing's Garage Talk Live, or we're truly live, and uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. You know, we'll do this for other events, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Come hang with us Saturday night, 1 a.m. Eastern on this twitch.tv forward slash FR Racing Online. And as we get into the run up to Lights Out, we can talk about our predictions of who we think might win in the podium and not McLaren. No. <coughs> Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, sorry, unless, I got my throat. Unless they crash each other out. Actually, McC uh, Red Bull <laughs> has not done well uh, the last couple of years um, is uh leclerc got it last year didn't he yes he did yeah yeah a race ferrari actually finished um yeah rax was a dnf last year um i don't think max has ever won in australia but probably will win yet again but we'll and i think we got, yeah, we got to touch on one other race before we wrap here tonight oh yeah IndyCar at Texas oh. with the largest field in quite a while. Oh, that scares the Cars. crap out of me. I still like, like I wasn't driving. I wasn't driving. I was, you know, I was a teenager at that time. And seeing, you know, Kenny Breck go like flying up the catch fence at what, like 237 miles an hour. Obviously they're nowhere near of that fast today. Um, that still gives me like, oof, just, just that image in my head is just, oof, I don't, it's amazing. He survived it. It's amazing that he ever walked again. It's amazing. He ever got back in a race car again after this that. What, 1998. Was it that long ago? We have to look it up. I swear it was a little bit more recent than that, but I, I was, I was thinking it was like 2001 ish. He was going through rookie orientation. 2000, 2003. Yeah, he was going through rookie orientation, I think, when we were in sixth grade. Yes, he was. We On our field trip, we saw him practicing on his uh, yeah rookie orientation on our, our field trip to the, to the track. And then he wrecked out in the parade. <laughs> Took out his whole row. Actually, I don't know if he caused the wreck, but yeah, he, his entire row... Uh, Stefan Gregoire and Alfonso Giafoni uh, ended up in the final pace lap. Ooh, that was an awful race. But yeah, he, he left and went to cart. Then he came back. And uh, 
says here the crash saw the highest recorded g-forces since the introduction of the crash violence recording system peaking at 214 g death typically oh. occurs after 50 g he yeah, suffered multiple fractures, breaking his sternum, femur, shattering a vertebrae in his spine, and crushing his ankles. He spent 18 months recovering from his injury. He would return for one additional race, but it essentially ended his career in IndyCar. Yeah, he's lucky. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just watching that, it, it is hard to watch. Um, you know, you've you've seen... You know, there was, uh, there's been, you know, some deaths in IndyCar over the year. Uh, obviously, like Justin Wilson's death was hard to watch um, because you didn't realize, like, you know, he got bopped on the head with a flying piece of debris. Like, you didn't think he was dead, but he was. Um, Dan Weldon's obviously another one that was just like, oof, you knew that that was not going to end well. And I still but, remember that day. I yeah. I, I think the two most horrifying crashes I've ever seen on TV were were Kenny Breck and Dan Weldon. And knock on wood, I hope I never see anything close to that ever again. No. Uh, in a race car. Well, actually we were close um a couple of years ago with Formula One, Roman Grosjean. Oh yeah. I, uh, I just that was that was. I couldn't believe that one. In fact, he just like hopped out of there. It was just like, I for sure thought he was dead. Um, I'm pretty sure I stopped breathing for that like 15 seconds it took for him to climb out. It felt like an eternity. Yeah. Well, and then on like Drive to Survive when they showed it, they stretched the whole segment out into like five minutes of like from the point that they show the crash to the point him hopping out and the fire and response it's just like come on man like ugh. anyway got 28 cars taking the green flag it was a little bit of a wreck fest last year that, um, that track terrifies me uh, it's just hopefully they learned a little bit and one driver that i saw that was involved in some manner, learned a lot since then. Hopefully, would his, would his initials be DD? Um, yes, he is a much more talented driver than I can ever imagine, so I can't talk too much yeah, about it. Right, right. But yeah. that's like saying, "Oh, this this guy in the NBA sucks." So yeah, well, he's a million times better at basketball than I'll ever be. But watching and breaking stuff down, there are some questionable things that led to incidents. Well, and then you had last year the uh, Callum Isla with uh, Jack Harvey's suspension wishbone flying back at his face, and the you know, the arrow screen saving him. Uh, yeah, it's we just, talked about that one. Ugh. Well, yeah, we that that was yeah we talked about that several episodes back on when we talked about uh, you know the arrow screen and the halo and you know how many drivers are alive today because of those two uh you know people still crack on them, like this is an open wheel anymore it's like well we'd have probably five dead drivers at least five more dead drivers if it wasn't for those devices so yeah it even whatever. caught the air hose on ilot's helmet that is still a crazy video to watch just you drive in and here comes that debris and 
There goes his hose. There it goes. So busy weekend of racing. Yep. Tune tune in at uh, one a.m. Eastern Sunday morning, ten p.m. on the Pacific Coast for the Australia Grand Prix on FR Racing's Garage Talk Live. Yeah, we'll have our coffee. Make sure you have your Player One coffee ready too. You come watch with us. It's only ten p.m. for me. Yeah, it's still early for you. Yeah, it's like I'll be going to bed at midnight. It's not my usual. Three a.m. is like my bedtime right now. Anyways. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I'll I'll suffer later in the season when they've got all these four a.m. Pacific time starts when they go back to you know into Europe and the Middle East again. It's just like four a.m. That's when I'm going to need the player one coffee. That's for sure. So, Man, I'll be wide awake. Just seven eight o'clock. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, you know, we've got Australia. We've got well, actually the. Japan race is usually pretty late Saturday night uh, into Sunday morning. But like Singapore, because it's a night race, it's not not too bad. But yeah, I think only Japan and Australia are the only two that it's really super late. Um, I guess uh, Las Vegas will be too uh, because of, you know, wanting to run it with all the, the lights of the, the hotels on Las Vegas Boulevard lighting up the course. That'll be a fun episode when we get to that point of yes. discussion. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna spend two thousand dollars for a three day standing room only seat. No thanks. No, I'll watch on TV from. The yeah, country. we'll 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 do a garage talk live for that episode or for that that round as well. But yeah, check out F One TV, FRRacingOnline dot com forward slash F One TV. Just put up the post today. Uh, we're we're affiliate partners with them. We're we're excited to be be working with Formula One, also with the Formula One shop for that matter too. So, and the NASCAR shop. We haven't really even talked about. It. Um, so awesome to be affiliated with these things now. That's that's very cool. I'm I'm a sucker for merch. That's for sure. You know, diecast collectibles. I've got my uh my. Uh, Formula One tire keychain that I bought last year that I, I waited till it went on clearance because I wasn't paying like $36 for a tire keychain. <laughs> well, don't forget to come, it won't be broadcast, but come race with us or watch our uh, live stream from the in-car perspective of behind closed doors. Yeah, we gotta get some, uh, get a few more drivers in there. And, um, uh, We'll get that book. Wednesday Night Dash is recruiting. You know, come drive GT3 cars with us. We kick that off on April 19th. We're probably going to do a recruiting race on the 12th. Um, come race with us. we got some good stuff coming up. Yeah, a lot of fun things happening here in April. We're looking forward to it. Yes, indeed. And we will uh, we'll catch you next week and uh, give you more of an update on, well, the weekend. We'll, we'll recap how our first actual true live event goes and uh you know we'll go from there it might suck it might not it's uh never know until you do it you know it probably will suck but you know what so what uh, we'll do it again and again until we get it right. yeah i mean what else are you gonna do it's 1 a.m on a sunday morning you're probably up you're probably drunk most nights go for it come on in hang out with us don't heckle us too bad yeah, come hang out. FR Thanks racing, 
FR Racing Online on all social media and streaming platforms, frracingonline.com. Check out our, our recent posts, and we'll see you next week. Or actually, no, we'll see you live on Saturday night. <laughs> that that went into straight autopilot mode for me. <laughs> uh, we'll get into it. Take care, everybody. Yeah. Thank we'll you. See you. We'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs>